it's my it's my free Saturday. Your freak Saturday? My free Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we live on the Beat People podcast, episode 23. Uh, we got the crew in, and my firstly, my apologies. I think it's been a couple weeks since we did a show. Uh, hot off of going, like, from once a month to darn it every week, and then I got sick, and it's been a couple weeks. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh yeah, we back we back on track now. So I got a full panel. Let's uh start with with our special guest, the Daydream Sound. What's going on, man? What's up, everyone? Daydream Sound, glad to be here. Word, good to have you, man. We're just gonna go through the panel. We're gonna circle around, get started on some stuff. What's happening, Stony? Hey, kick, 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 kick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> hey, what's going on, Flux? <laughs> I'm gonna move on. <laughs> that's what. That's, hey, yo, Chloe, that's when you wish you had that Men in Black joint just to erase your memory. Like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. hey, she's the first person to render Flux speechless. <laughs> I always Sorry, keep guys. him speechless. He know. <laughs> Okay. Welcome to the show, man. I'm just happy to see everybody on here again. Oh, oh, is that Flux? Did you say something? I did. You kind of low. Yeah, you kind of low, man. Turn up. Oh, the volume. Not turn up. Don't turn up. But your volume. Turn up. Turn up. Check one, two, one, two, one, two. There you go. There you go. That's way better. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, JK? Mm -hmm. What up, man? Chilling. Glad to be back. It's been a minute. It's yeah, been a minute. Been a minute. Um, Got a little time. Yeah, man. We'll hang out with the fam. Get over here. Get a plate. Always. Chill. With always. Grandma. Always. <laughs> yeah. 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 What up, D? Man, I am loving this rainy Saturday in the East Coast and that I don't have to do anything today. Nice. So, funny weather. This is scully weather. You know what I mean? Hey, this is like, sit in the lab and just make beats all day weather. This is what I love. Right. So I'm I'm I'm, ex, I'm excited about this. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're just chilling, man. Um, until my wife gets home, and then it's back to family time. Back to honey do list. Yep. So mm. hey, uh, who we got in the chat? We got my man Steve Baker in the chat. Steve, I want to just say right quick before we get started. Uh, Steve sent me some dope samples of wood. Um. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He sent me some dope samples, and this, Ooh. yeah, this is a little different for what than what he's been doing. This is like darker wood because he knows that I'm into like the darker wood. So this is the dark bamboo uh, with a matte finish. Hmm. He specifically was catering to what I told him I like. Um, I don't, I don't really like the glossy type of finish. So he did like a darker bamboo with a matte finish. Then he did this uh, tiger bamboo with a matte finish it's pretty nice and then this is that is nice then this is the standard that he uses but it's a matte finish rather than a gloss finish so for those out there looking for cases my man steve of uh ethereal sun uh cases <clears throat> etherealsun.com he got some stuff for you man he's the one that made yeah, ken flux's case yeah, if you look at my my lower third right now, that's actually by <laughs> Google did away with the lower thirds. I'm I'm sticking it to them by making my own lower thirds. Thanks to uh, yeah. 
real son. Hey, Steve, I might have to hit you up for that um, tiger bamboo. That joint is looking pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty That's nice, right? Son right here. You can see that. And this is this is actually something that he does when you're getting your laser engraving done. He likes to check to make sure the laser engraving looks the way you want it. So mm-hmm. for my larger case that I have off screen right now, he uh, he did that so that I could uh, test out how my little. Right. That's super cool. Yeah. That's what's up. <clears throat> but yeah, he he's the man to go to for the cases, man. He's got dope stuff. I don't think anybody else is rocking with bamboo. Uh, and he's definitely doing bamboo, which is fresh, fresh. <clears throat> Yo, Ken, break, break, break it down to us, man. What you want to talk about about the gear? Oh, okay. So um lately we've been all having some gear lust issues. And uh, we've been executing upon those. So we got to talking. All the gear lust issues that we've been having have been based on older gear from like the 90s and 80s. And uh, so uh, Corey recently got a JX3P with the programmer. And I'm in the hunt for another synth. I'm not going to say it just yet because uh, <laughs> I, I don't want everybody to start bidding on what I'm bidding on. But <laughs> But the bottom line was is that we wanted to talk about some of the the older gear that maybe wasn't so affordable when it was first coming out, but now is kind of like sleepers and yeah. stuff that you know is more affordable now, but is every bit as cool as it ever was, you know. So right. I kinda, and, and ways of finding out about that kind of gear too, uh, because I, I had some people hit me up and say like, oh, you know, oh, I wish I was following gear back then. You know, that was a little bit before my time, and I kind of had some ways to to help people find gear that maybe was before your time that you weren't aware of that is actually really dope and not, you know, $5,000. Right. You know, I'm going to tell you, I learned a lot about certain gear would before I was even a part of a a community like this music tech type of community. I was learning a lot about gear from, um, 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 reading the back of album covers because I've always been digging. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I got a, I got a, a, a Isley Brothers record right down here where they talk about how much they, you know, they talk about who plays. You know, they give credits. Uh, this dude on the bass, that dude on the guitar. But then they'll say all the other stuff. They'll say like they'll say this dude played the bass, this dude played the guitar. But then when they get to the keyboards, they'll say this dude yeah. played the arp, this dude right. played yeah. the mold, this dude played. You know, like yeah. it wasn't right. synthesizers yep. that they could just generally say, but they would literally name the synths on the album. The instruments. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like the like the Herbie Hancock records would always break down what yeah. synths he was playing on everything. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. And that, and sometimes they would even show you show you his setup. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I mean, even really like cool. Pete Rock with Pete Rock and CL Smooth when they had that their album, you saw his twelve hundred and you saw his nine fifty and his mixer. Mm-hmm. And you're like salivating, mm-hmm. like what is this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's how I learned mm-hmm. a lot about it. You could get a lot. So to cast like that, if you, if especially if you're part of the culture where you're digging for records to flip uh, and sampling and stuff. And, you know, and even if you're digital digging, find out more about that record, because if it's stuff on there that you like, if it's stuff on there that you like to hear, the chances are, you know, those instruments are still around and you could probably yeah. get those instruments to start to develop your own sound around what resonated with you from the beginning. Yeah. And even, even if you don't dig, man, a really, really dope resource for looking up stuff like that is Vintage Sense. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because, yeah. And it's like, even if you don't know what you're looking for, say you don't know something old, but if you look up, say, like a Moog Voyager, 
then it'll list a whole bunch of stuff that's similar. And then you could just go down into the rabbit hole of all that stuff. So you may not even need to know the old thing. You can be like, hey, let me look up, uh, you know, something more recent, you know, some type of sense that's more recent. But it'll give you a bunch of other stuff that's related, that's similar. Like if you look up some type of newer eight voice analog polysynth, it'll give you a bunch of other eight voice analog polysense yeah. from all different years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So a lot of a lot of ways that I discover stuff is by going to shows. Yeah. Um and seeing what's on the stage. Right. Like seeing what the musicians are playing. Because I I remember the first time I saw a CP eighty was man, I think my dad took me to go see it was some like Christian singer or something. I don't even know what it was. But was you I saw Moses Nah, dog, that was me probably. <laughs> um, uh, but I saw, I saw the person. Oh, it was uh, what's my man's name? Michael W. Smith. This was back in the day, dog. But he was playing a C, he was playing a CP80 piano, and I just loved the sound. Yeah. And then I found out that that was the same piano that the dudes in Chicago were using, and you know. It was just crazy dope. And then every time I would go to shows, the first thing I would do is see what kind of keyboard the dude's playing and see what kind of drum set the guy's playing because that's the sound of that band. And I would just start to learn about drum heads and bass strings and all that stuff based on what I saw people perform with. Um, So I'm going to hit y'all with some information. So Vintage Synth used to be a great resource. Used to be? (laughs) Hold on. It hasn't been updated in a long time, and it's it's kind of fallen into disrepair. Like, there's a lot of broken links and stuff. Now. So uh, a buddy of mine, Marcel Kroll, uh, basically put together a whole new synth database, and it's it's called SynthDB. So if you go and check oh. it out, www.synth-db.com, and it's – Pretty much everything that's on vintage synth and more. And uh, how's the layout though? It's it's. Honestly, do you see my like? Screen? Will it will it give you? So click on something. Like click on a, a synth. I want to see Let's if it I does the same a, thing that right. vintage synth does. If I click on A, right? It's gonna bring this up. Hold on now. Where am I at? I'm trying to do this with like. There, there we go. And then you can click the little drop down, and it gives you all the brands. Right. Yeah. And then you can do a drop down from there. Like, say, I want to go analog solutions. I want to check out oh. the Nibori 12 because I've been kind of yeah. one of them. And then when you click on that, it's going to bring up the this joint here. Yeah. You all the all the details on it here. Uh, but it don't have like the it don't have like the related types of things that may be similar. That's the big uh, thing for me on Vintage Synth. Like that's that's, that's where you find because out about random stuff that you might not even know about. Mm-hmm. That and is very like, true because you'll find out about stuff that like, oh, yo, I didn't even, I never even heard of that, but it's like this, right. but it has that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This site just went live, um, like just last week, and he's still doing a lot. No, that looks, yeah, it looks, it looks like a dope resource though, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully people support it so it can grow and 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 really uh, flourish. But one of the things that I do now that um, is it's like affordable lusting is I have stacks and stacks and stacks of like mid and late 90s and and, and really up through the early 2000s future future music magazine mm-hmm. magazine. Right. And even I even went on to I, this is how nerdy I am. I went on to eBay and I bought like four years that that 
came out before <laughs> I started my subscription. I started my subscription yeah. in like 2002 or something like that. And I went and I bought like all of like 96 to like 2000. And yeah. if you go through those magazines from like back in the day, mm-hmm. oh man, you'll start reading about all it's kinds all of totally yeah. forgot about and it's like way off the map now. But was really cool, you know, and you can learn yeah. about all the little features that it had, you know, and all that stuff. And most of that stuff, you know, that's the features that it came out with. And then it got updates after that that has even more features. You know what I mean? So right. you find a piece of gear in there that kind of sparks your interest. Then then you start researching it. You find out, oh, and they added this, that and the third. It, it's it's pretty dope. Word. If you have a digital if you have a digital subscription to that, do, do, do they let you go back in the archives like that? Oh, that's a good question, Joe. I don't even know if they have. I'm just wondering if they, if they, before. That would yeah, cool. I, I'm just wondering if they do that or if they would make you buy. They probably make you buy if you want to buy back issues, probably. Yeah, because the thing digitally. is, when you got a subscription, it's it's pretty much like yeah. for the year coming, right? Yeah. For the months coming. Anything that happened before that is just, you know, you you got to buy back issues. But I don't even know how far back they would go on stuff like that. Right. And let me ask uh, TDS. You you are a, a vintage gear dude. Now, are you the type yeah. that uh, currently buys vintage gear or do you is this stuff that you've had because you've been doing music for a while? Yeah, I, I went through a spurt where I was just picking up stuff because there was a time when stuff was really cheap. Um, I don't I don't buy a lot. I've been buying if I buy anything it would be like obscure stuff. But uh, lately what's happened is a lot of our viewers have been gifting me stuff. So oh, the last two samples that I've gotten were, were donations. But now eBay used to be good. Now it's just, it's, it's tough on eBay. So locally I'll do yeah. um, Kijiji, which is the equivalent of Craigslist. Okay. Just hit up That's probably the cheapest way I've found for me. And you're in Toronto, right? Yeah. Word. It's called what? Kijiji? Kijiji. K-I-J-J-I. Okay, Kajiji. Okay. Corey's over there trying to buy something already. He's like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, let me check that out. I'm providing a service like, to It ain't too much to ship from Canada. It ain't too much to ship He's like, that's right upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, so, so TDS, uh, you got a lot of uh, different uh, samplers. What's your, what's your, one right now that you do you find that you kind of enamored with one or another from time to time like because i know for myself i'll get stuck on yeah. one of my scents and it'll be like yo for the last two months i've only been using this scent <laughs> you know what i mean yeah I, yeah i've been i get sick of them pretty quickly and then and then then it hits again it's like oh i want to use that again right now uh, probably uh, the octatrack has probably been I've been using it more just because it's easier to program something for a live performance with mm-hmm. it. So that's pretty much what I've been using most. But as far as vintage stuff, it's I've been bouncing between the ASR and the EPS 16 plus right now. Right. <laughs> Yo, you did a you did a dope video the other day, man, when you was yeah. showing uh you were showing how you do your ghost kicks with oh, the Oh yeah, the key up the key, key up down. sample. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, video yeah. was dope. I'm like yeah, and I was I was like, I'm stealing that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that was a good I, tip. I, I saw it. I was like, whoa, I'm about to start programming yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> yeah, because I never even thought about using key up, key down for drums like that. And even when yeah. you were explaining it, I was thinking of the some sort of noise or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the noise of the set. Because uh, somebody put the music in the um, court. Yeah. Court. Yeah. YouTube. It made perfect it sense to me. It made perfect sense to me because as a drummer, when we play like yeah. double pedal, the way that our, our foot moves on the pedal, mm-hmm. when we step down, it hits, but we could also do this motion where we can do doubles by by stepping up and down. So I was like, yo, that makes perfect sense to me. Why don't I just apply that to the keys? Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, snap. I'm about to go ham on this, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh, man. Yeah, that was dope. Oh, man, I appreciate it. Uh, let's see. I'm looking for it for Stony. Okay, I see it here. Let's call it the EPS 16 plus and ASR 10 and Sonic Sampler key up oh. layers for boom bap drum programming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. Copy link address. All right. So, okay, Ken, though, okay. Ken, you say you got some. Um, <clears throat> were you saying you got some ways for people to be able to get vintage gear, or is that more about well, the research? There, there's there's a lot of different resources out there now. Um, so like like Daydream was talking about, the um, eBay is really oversaturated these days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Groups are are really a great way to to find some gear at usually decent prices because a lot of people will put it on there and you don't have to deal with like eBay fees and all. Now that yeah. being said, you got to be very careful. With you know you you don't want to buy from somebody that you're just now hearing from. Like if you're mm-hmm. gonna buy on a Facebook, you should really know the person's persona. Yeah. You should have like at least um, personal friends, and you should know some people that know that person in person. You know what I mean? Not just mm-hmm. people that know them internet. Because I have seen some horror stories. Now, by and large, I've seen mostly good trading go down, and mm-hmm. usually when the good trading happens. It happens in niche groups, meaning like right. not just nine million hip hop producer group, you know? And right. Like, yeah, like you know, synth group, a modular group, or yeah, yeah. something that's more specific. People that are like really into what they're talking about, that sort of thing. Right. In those cases, usually the dealing will be pretty good. Another thing, and this is something that uh, I try to keep kind of on the DL. But too late now. <laughs> too late. You started it. Goodwill. Goodwill online. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Man. Bro, you know, I didn't I didn't know about that, man. And when I went, it's probably last month when I went down and was chopping it up with uh MSX, man. And cats put me on that. I'm I'm like, yeah, I go to the thrift store. He's like, no, nah, bro. Online. So I'm like, what? Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. You gotta be careful because the the way that that stuff works is um. So for one, there's a lot of missed listings because these people mm-hmm. are not um music specialists, you know that are listening. right. So there's a lot of messed up listings, and you can find deals that way too. But also, there's certain things that I've kind of noticed that like if you start bidding on something that's dope, that's going for real cheap too early. It'll just yeah. magically disappear. So you got what? What is it? Is it people buying it, or it just goes down? They start realizing what they got, or what? People who maybe are on goodwill or something, maybe or you know, local, know that this yeah. is you know a lot, and then they'll they'll scoop it up direct from. The anybody store. use uh? Has anybody used like the local 
Facebook, you know, the marketplace thing, kind of like the Craigslist. Right Facebook thing. I, I use that all the time, though. I'm not in a major, major city. Now, if you're in like Philly, New York, uh, you know, if you're, you know, and, and I'm like maybe 35 minute, 40 minute drive from Center City, Philly. But still, like if you're in the city like that, it's really good. If you're yeah. on the outskirts, it's a lot of crappy guitars. Yeah. Well, I think it probably depends on the 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 community. geographic region. Off, yo, off. yeah, yeah. Yo, it, it's I'm, gotten me. It's got it's gotten me out of a bind. Like, oh man, I need a snare stand because mine's just broke at a gig. Put that joint on. Somebody's like, yo, I'll be right over with a snare stand. Ten dollars. Boom. Oh, you know, like just stuff like that. That app is great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's dope. Uh, and and honestly, if uh if you start reading up on things like the older older magazines if you start going into um you can go on some of the synth forums and look up old posts like just kind of like google rolling and then type in date of like 1998 (laughs) you know what i mean and you'll you'll see what people were talking about back yeah and then something might spur your interest dude hit thrift stores man thrift yeah definitely like and i'm not just talking about like pawn shops i'm talking like straight up like flea markets and stuff yep gold market And if you see something, the, the cool thing is now that when we used to go record digging and gear digging, we didn't have Google in our hand. No. Right. So you can check it out now. Anything. And you can research you know, it right there. Out there for dirt cheap. And you might be like, well, this thing kind of looks whack. But then you Google it and you might find out, hey, this thing could do some stuff that none of the new gear can do. Like mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that ASRX can't do or, or can do that like machine and NPC and stuff can't do still. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah. Don't kind of, sleep. Kind of a shame. <laughs> yeah. Go down that road. <laughs> Let's not open up that can of worms. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. Hey, so listen. Um, um, yeah, I got my JX through a trade. Um, and it was interesting enough, I had stopped using my analog four and I put it in a box and I guess I was kind of fooling myself when I packed it up to say that, like, you know, I'm just putting this away for a while and then I'm going to yeah. plug it back up and use it because I never did. I, and I, I even pulled it out and never did pull power it. Like, you know what I mean? I just didn't do that kind of stuff. At any rate, um, I saw one of the homies on Instagram. So I'm probably the scenario that you would say, because uh, I never met this dude in person, but we've interacted quite a bit on Instagram. Um another synth cat drum machine type of cat sampler type cat. And uh, he had his, I remember when he first posted the JX and I, I said then, Oh, I always wanted one of those, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I don't know a year, year and a half later, he was selling it. And I'm like, yo, you want to trade that analog for look like you selling that for the same that I was going to be selling the analog for, for, and you know, mm-hmm. so anyway, it just kind of worked out and it turned out that this joint is only had one other, uh, owner behind besides him so the guy he bought it from was the original owner and then when he got it the the guy got it from he got maintenance on it he had the two-prong power change to three prongs so it's a standard power cable and you know it has the programmer and it's clean yo it, it looks like it's fresh out the box i don't think i've ever seen one that clean so that was definitely wow. a come up that was a real come up it sounds incredible too how did you feel about doing a trade though, like that? Even though it was somebody that maybe you had talked to before on there, like, did that make you nervous? Like a little okay. bit, yeah, a little bit. As a matter of fact, when I was shipping it, I was like, uh oh, 
I mm. could be selling myself down the river because you just never know. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It just so happened that yeah. it, it turned out right. You know, we sent each other the confirmation the same day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, some, part of me was like, you know, uh, Chris Tucker, same time, man. Same time. Yeah, yeah. Same time. Same time. <laughs> I just worked through it and it just, uh, I guess it was sort of a leap of faith, but uh, it worked out. Yeah, your Chris Tucker's on point, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Word up. Word up. So, yeah, it worked, man. Corey did not end up in a chicken coop either. No, I sure didn't. Nope. (laughs) And my boy didn't get fired on this off day or nothing like that. It all worked out. Stoney, I know you have like a bunch of gear that you don't use anymore, like that you still have. Um, How do you feel about like trades and and gear that kind of just hangs in the back? Okay. 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 Take the cart. You tell my story. <laughs> what happened? You did you hear him, Stony? No. What did he say? I'm sorry. Oh, I was asking because I know that you have a lot of gear that like kind of sits in storage or you don't use anymore, and I'm just wondering like, uh-huh. how you tend to. Uh, do you ever go back into your own storage and pull stuff up and just kind of like rediscover? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm only allowed a certain amount of gear in my crib right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But um yeah I um I mean like right now you know I'm I'm getting the bug I want to go back and get my my 2080 and my 3080 back out and hook it up to my Phantom and just go just go ham but um I have a gang of stuff I'm trying to sell too Like what like what? <laughs> like you just go, <laughs> you can't just leave that out there. That's what I'm saying. How, how, how you just gonna take a long pause? She's like, I got a gang of stuff I want to sell. You ain't um, trying to sell nothing. That's the worst sales job I ever seen. <laughs> well, let me let me just say this. I have. I, wait, wait, wait. Let me just say this. I have. Don't one. say it out loud. Don't say it out loud. Put it in the chat first wait. so that we see it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> first did. The stuff I want to get rid of, nobody wants. I got a um, I got a venom. I got the Venom keyboard. If, if anybody want to trade the Venom keyboard with me for rolling something or whatever, I'm willing to do it. Um, I got, I've got two Mbox Mark threes. I mean, I got like sound cards, things like that. My sense, I'll never sell my sense. Like, Oh, I have like the MS 2000, you know, I have the no novation. I've got a, I used to have a full on studio. So I dismantled my entire studio and now I have like my small setup because um, I just minimized everything. But um, every now and then I'll switch gear up. Like right now I have the Phantom and I have my um, Sub 37, but then I'll switch the Phantom up with the motif. You know, like I'll just switch it up so that I don't become overwhelmed with having all this different gear around me because it could be a distraction. Too much stuff can be a distraction. So um and you know, I, I'm looking for an ASR 10. If somebody knows about an ASR 10, <laughs> let me know. You know what I'm saying? Well, but me and Corey, he said, well. and I, Corey and I just did a crazy, a crazy swap. We just did a crazy exchange, and um, it worked out for both of us. You know, well, yeah, I had a brand I new about that. That that exchange was sweet for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I got a chance to get a new piece from him that I didn't even think about playing with, and now I love it. You know, hey, um, I, I got the 10 and the X. What'd you say? I said I got the 10 and the X. 
Oh, the ASR no. 10 and the no. ASR X. Yeah, I got the red. No, joint. the X is a no no. The 10 is the 10 is where I want. The 10 is what I want. Like, wait, why? Is yeah, the X, I, I really want to have an no-no. XR10. Is it that much different than the 10? Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, the SRX is a drum machine, and it's like I just never liked the way that it felt. I, I never liked that it was off. I'd rather SP1200 than an ASRX. So I know it's a, I know the difference is like a keyboard versus a drum machine, but mm-hmm. like it's I the same I engine. It's the same engine, but does it really yeah. sound that much different? I like the 10 much better. I, I mean, the, 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 the frequencies and the way that it samples it is sound none great. other. Like, I, I, bought one I love that ASR 10. Yeah. I mean, but the, the only other sampler I think I like just as much as that would be the MV8000. You know what I'm saying, but those two pieces, I, I would love to do some kind of trade or something. But Yo, Stoney, for the most part, to you. answer Ken's question, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, l- let me tell you. Let me just uh, tell you this. I came up on an ASR10. Hey, yeah. fellas, what was that like last year or two years ago? Yeah, about two years. Rehabbed. Yeah, yeah, I rehabbed the crap out of it. <laughs> so wow. here's, here's the the story. It was uh, this dude. Uh, I saw it on Craigslist because for some reason. You know, all of us kind of have an ASR 10 on our I want that list. And we have been yeah. talking about it a lot. So I started looking, you know, just just browsing listings. And you know what that's like. You know, you think you're just browsing. But when you see a deal, you like, I think I got to handle this. Anyway, definitely. I, I came up, uh, I think I spent 150, maybe. I don't know. I can't even really remember. Uh, but it was maybe 100, 150. Anyway, I saw it in the Craig's uh, list listing and the dude was in Beverly Hills and I went and picked it up and I got there and it was this dude. He was um, smoked out in a garage. It was like it smelled like oh, loads, no. loads and loads of weed. And the garage was like a, a studio, basically, like there was gear all over the place. I mean, mm. gear all over the place, modular uh-huh. stuff and all kinds of stuff. And the older dude was sitting outside the garage. Now I'm up in the. Beverly Hills up in there and um, I pulled my car in a driveway uh, and and I went in the garage and he was like, yeah, dude, here it is. It's uh, right here. The dude gave it to me because it didn't work for him and it gets a lot of static. And he told me all these problems it had. Now, he told me that when I told him I was interested, but I looked it up and I went and I researched and I found out that the part only cost twenty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So I went there and I got it. Then the dude was like, "You want to turn it on here?" And I was like, "Well, no. You said it don't. I already know what's up. Let's do this." And he was like, "Well, at least we'll, we'll let you hear it." He turned it on and it worked perfectly. And he was like, "Oh, dude, I don't know if I can let this go." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Bro, I didn't drove all the way out here up in these <laughs> swirly hills. Are you talking about?" Yeah. Anyway, he gives me his band's record and was like, here's, you know, for coming all the way out, here's my band's record. (laughs) (laughs) No, I had, I actually had a friend of mine. He gave me. walked out of there with a banjo. Oh, but wait, though, but wait, though. I I walked up with the record and I was leaving. And just as I was leaving, he started yelling, bro, bro. And I I came back. (laughs) (laughs) I came back and he had the uh, ASR 10 unplugged already. He's like, it started doing that static again, bro. Take it. And I gave him the money and I took it and I got it home and I ordered the parts <laughs> and yep. I rehabbed it. Uh, I, yep. I held it wow. down for a while, but I ended up yeah. selling it for $900. I had a, you know what? I had a friend of mine that was getting rid of the um, Alessi's Micron. You remember that joint? The gray and the red mm-hmm. one? Mm-hmm. It was a 37 and he was like, man, this thing, I'm about to trash it. And I said, yo, let me get it. And he was like, well, it just doesn't work. And I was like, don't worry about it. Just give it to me. And he gave it to me. 
I bought a, the right power supply and it turned right on. Dope. Wow. Dope. He had it ready to go in the garbage. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, let me buy a power supply and just turn it on. And it turned yeah. on. I'm still using it to this day. I still have it. Wow. Check yeah. that out. Nope. I might get rid of it, though. That might be another one I'm going to get rid of. Yeah, I had one of them joints. It's nice. Yeah. I might. I don't know. I could change my mind on that. I, don't it, know. I might get rid of it. Sell it, Stony, and get you an old coast. A who? An old coast. What's that? Get, the, get no started coast. the no coast. Zero coast. The From make noise. noise. And she started at okay. modular. They trying they're trying to get so you they're trying to get you into that modular. They're trying to get you. <laughs> I'm trying to, it's a listen, desktop. To, it's a desktop though, so you don't need to be fully modular to use it, but it's a it's like a gateway drug. Yeah. Send is. me that send me that link. Corey, Corey's already got me hooked on it. I mean, the stuff Corey doing over there, I it's just a matter of time. Yeah. All right, I'm looking. <sighs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Man, I got I got so much stuff that I should sell, but I can't. Yep. I just, oh, is that is that what is that what we talking about? What are you? What are you a gear? What you? See, see I'm I I try, I'm trying not to be a gear whore. A gear whore is not what you want to be, man. That's the a gear no, whore is gear, whack. No, I am a gear whore. You will find me. Yeah, nah, yeah. I don't do gear horse shit, man. I get rid of what I don't use. No, if I no, use it, it's gone. No, but here's here's the reason why. It's because when I'm designing, I'm always like, man, I wish I had this, right? To design something with. And even it's ju- even if it's just to plug in the MPC and bring drums in and then sample it out, that at least I have the MPC to do that. Hey, Steve. Right. You know, I, yeah, what up? Listen. None of us in here are gear whores in any way, shape, or form. All we are is gear escorts. And I'm a high-class gear whore. <laughs> okay? So, we, listen, listen, if we was slutting out and not getting paid, I could see where we'd be getting. Ken, Ken. That's what's up. Ken, Ken, know, you know you are, you are the quintessential gear whore, my brother. You are... That gear whore, you see Ken's face plastered right next to it. <laughs> Ken has everything. Wait, but, but hold what? on, though. I think we need to explore that concept. That concept <laughs> of gear whore versus gear escort, where you get paid. To, I, <laughs> you, I you're not slutting around. He's, he's, wait, he's a little bit of both. Ken, <laughs> Ken used to slum, but now he's a, oh he's like God. an escort exclusive. No doubt. <laughs> Man, y'all are wild. Yeah. Okay, take it, man. I don't know why Daniel acting like he ain't down. You a whore too. Don't even act like it. Look, look, look. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Daniel's a private dancer. Let's just say that. Hey, hey, that's right. Listen, you can- Daniel's a private dancer. Y'all just, took, y'all just took it. Y'all just took it to a whole another level now. Dang. Daniel's a uh, private. He tried. He's like, I'm not a gear whore. I'm just a private dancer. Look, look. Let me tell you something. There, there'll be times where I'll see a piece of gear come out, and and I know Ken knows this. We just start contemplating right away, like, mm-hmm. how am I gonna get this? How much blood and stuff like, do I? Like how, like how much stuff can I sell? Like what can I sell? But then you start to look at 
stuff. And you're it's, just like, I don't really want to say. It's yeah, like, yeah. I'm like you point out is like, but that's special. That's special. Okay, and that's let me ask you guys. Too. Let me ask you guys Ken, a question. Ken goes like, to like suit. his kids. He goes to like looking at his kids' toys. Like he don't play with that no more. <laughs> the TV gone. <laughs> so, but let me let me ask you guys this: when 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 is it time? to let go of, of that piece of gear. Like let's, let's discuss, okay, we know we have a lot of gear and you know, that one piece of gear has been sitting in your closet for four years. There's about this much dust sitting on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, when is it time to let Yo, go of I that piece? I can't see you, Stoney. It's okay. Yeah. Can you hear me? What's weird, yeah. Stoney, is when you stop talking, your video comes back. It's weird. Okay, it's all good, but just listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, I got you. <laughs> all right. So listen. Don't worry about you. seeing me. Just I, I tell you. Okay, so this that's a that's a scenario that still yeah. varies for me because, uh, like you I said, have- I got a, I got an MPC sixty two that I right. don't mm-hmm. use very much, but ain't going nowhere. I actually went and got it signed by Roger Lynn. That don't go nowhere. Right. However, Analog Four sat right. in the closet for eight months, and then I finally was like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, you, you, uh, for me, for me, it don't take that long. If I if I feel like I'm not using it, it's gone. Yeah, Corey was like, "Yo, if I put it in the box, right. and I don't use it for X amount of months, then it's gone." And that's how he did it. Mm-hmm. What I found that I'm doing now because I can't bring myself to do that is I lend <laughs> my gear out to my good friends. Like if I put a gear, like I got an MS20 that's out in Baltimore at a, at a good friend of mine's house now because I wasn't using it. I didn't want to sell it. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna let him borrow it. And and actually, in exchange, he he sent me a couple of old school Roland uh, um, drum machines and and a pedal to play with. In the meantime, that he wasn't really messing with. So Corey, yeah, Corey, I think we need to set up something like that. What you got over there? You need to send out here to Cam. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I can send you. <laughs> I got I got mad go hella snare drums. <laughs> they treat me and... like the gear orphanage. <laughs> Look, look, Corey, Corey, come on, dog. You know you got perfect circuit all up in your house. No, I think I don't think this uh, for me. Like to answer Stoney's question, for me, it's not it's not really a set time. Like honestly, if I get to a point where I feel like I'm not using something, once it's unplugged, it's time to go. Like there is no there is no waiting period for me. You know, that happened to me with the Novation circuit. I bought it and then had it for like two weeks. And then yeah. I was just like, eh, put that joint for sale right away. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know so, what, though? I, can, sit, I don't let it sit around. Something I can say about gear is that, like, for instance, I really love the base station, too. Like, I really love like Oh, I love it. I'm never getting friends. rid of it. I got rid, rid of it. But that's the thing. Like, I, I was Daniel, sitting here with the... you ain't never getting rid of nothing, man. I was sitting here with the <laughs> mini log. I was sitting here with the base station, too, and... You know what I mean? Because of what we do, I can kind of come up on things. And then, but I find it's like, sometimes things that there's too much overlap. And so then I'm kind of like, you know, if I wasn't doing the kind of stuff that I do, then I probably wouldn't have that kind of overlap. So sometimes I have to kind of trim the fat that way. Like, yo, you know what I mean? Mini lab, base station two, you know, then I'm, I'm more on the Voyager than the base station too, obviously. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's it just becomes one of those things where it's like, yo, you gotta trim the fat. And so But then but then there are those classic pieces that I mean like my MS two thousand, I'm never selling that. I have a twenty five hundred, I have a four thousand. Might sell the twenty five hundred, will never sell the four thousand. You know what I'm saying? Like 
There's just certain pieces, and then there's the nostalgic thing too. What'd you I've say? Did you say done so many to sell me to four thousand? Is that what? You... No, nah, she said she was sending it to her good friend in Kansas to hold it down. <laughs> is what she said. <laughs> no she was sending it to her bro Listen, out I, in Kansas you know I, to hold it down. Now here's the thing: I do, I, I do. I'm like Ken in that way. Like if if Joe, if Joe said, "Hey, yo, I want to borrow that two thousand, that four thousand, and I'll, I'll fix the screen while I'm using it," then by all means, I'll send it right to him. Eight. Hey, so... I don't hold. I'm not. I'm, Go ahead. No, go for it. No, but I'm, you know, with you guys, yeah, I'll, I'll send you the gear I have. If I'm not using it, why not? I, I, I said, and it's got to be people that you trust, huh? obviously. Yeah, right. Of yeah. Of yeah. Oh, no. Come on. And then it has to be people that I know are going to treat it well. I mean, and then here's the other thing. I don't really lend gear out. Either I'm giving it to you yeah. or I'm not giving it to you. But if Joe is like, hey, I'm doing a video and I need to use that, I'll ship it to him in a heartbeat. Like, I'm, yep. I'm not. Sure enough. Yeah. I'm not stuck like, especially if it's going to help somebody grow. That's another thing like I've been doing. Like if I meet people who are really building and trying to do great things and I have extra controllers, I'll give it yeah. to them. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying like in a sucker way, but like people who really just need that, that opportunity to just get to that next level. And they, they need that controller and you have it and yep. you're not doing anything with it. Bless. You got to, you got to pay it forward. You have yeah. to pay it forward. You're not going to give it. Yeah. I think that's, that's always the good thing. Cause it's always good to give somebody something too. Cause like, yo, how much plastic do we have in our house? You know what I'm okay. saying? Like, right. like I'm look, like I'm looking around my studio right now and the ridiculous amount of controllers that I have. In and, that, and that extra camera you have D go bring it out over here. Man. <laughs> <laughs> she took that opportunity. Didn't she? <laughs> listen, listen, you guys buy out of impulse or is it for a specific project? Whoa, whoa, whoa. For me, I, Daydream, I, I, Daydream, we don't we don't buy Daydream, not in this circle. We don't buy. Uh, like <laughs> buy, come on, come on, man, buy, buy, buy. <laughs> Honestly, like for what me, is that? it's rare impulse for me. But the problem is, is that I'll, I'll get an impulse of lust, you, and then oh, that time out. Did you say it's rarely? Did you say rarely? Rose. <laughs> and then it goes into like an all-encompassing being inside of me that compels me to get. Cut it out. Get. Cut it out. Time, time out. Time out. Time, time out. Did Ken say rarely on impulse? Yeah, I, that's what I thought I heard. <laughs> because it's he's not, he's it's not like we don't know him. Like for I don't have money like that to buy things on impulse. I'm saying what happens is for me? impulse makes me lust for it, and then it, it becomes a seed <laughs> do it, do in my head, it, and then yeah. in three months I own it because like oh, I get, oh, oh so you, oh, oh. so we, we talking semantics, so you. Yeah. Talking about like you don't just be like yo, I want that. I'm well, getting it. You just be like yo, just I want that. Gear and then three three years, three months later, I'm getting it. I got you. I'm like, I got well, you. I figure I can I can sell like all right, my car. <laughs> I don't really need to drive anywhere. Ken is walking everywhere with like an Andromeda. He's, walking <laughs> he's like, I sold my car for this sin. So he's like, yo, for real. I get hit up by people and they're like, oh, you you you, you must be. Just some rich white boy, blah blah blah, and I'm like, dude, I literally don't have a car. He's like, like wait a minute, they think you're white. They think you're white boy, Ken. Let me just tell the story. Ken this ain't white. You're wrong on so many levels. He just got slapped one time, and all the black flew off. That's what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was like a bag of black on the right on him. There was like a ziplock bag of black like next to him. Like, so I guess hold on. I want to bring this back to daydream sounds question because we went way tangential. <laughs> <laughs> it went to 
<laughs> melatonin and all kinds of chicken and stuff. So it, oh. uh, whether we oh. buy for oh. projects or on impulse, um, I think things come by by other ways. Mm-hmm. Could be impulsive, you know what I mean? But I don't know. I, I can tell you <clears throat> there's been projects I've worked on where I've focused on just a couple of pieces. You know yeah. what I mean? Or or like Joe pointed out to me, I didn't even realize there'll be something that I got that's new that'll spawn new projects. <laughs> you know what hey, I'm saying? Hey, Corey, yeah. on, on top of that, well, let me, let me, let me, what I have is that I justify. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll say, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to work on a project that's going to do that just so I can justify going to get this. <laughs> well, I do that all the time, Ken. All the time. Like, especially with us, like when we're designing specific song packs, we're just like, all right. Everybody go out and buy an SP-404. Okay, for this project, everybody go out, you know. No, seriously, that's how we do it. It's like, okay, for the next couple months, we're just doing straight analog stuff. So everybody gets a different piece that we could all have, like, different flavors and stuff. And that's literally how we do stuff. Because our wives would kill us if we just bought things, like, on impulse. I know mine will. like kill me anyway. Like, I just... Oh, yeah, yeah. Live it now, up. Daydream for me. Well, well, daydream for me. It's yeah. like, um, like, like I was saying, Corey is getting me into the the modular synth stuff. So when we did our trade, and I traded, I, I think he gave me a Beatstep Pro, and then I gave him um, a brand new turntable, and um, and it was like, I didn't really need it, but then now that I have it, I'm doing so many different things with it. I was just like. Well, I didn't even know I needed it. I didn't know that I needed it. So right. it's just like, and that was okay, something this is, I didn't use. But at right. the same time, I needed a new turntable, and this joint. Was and then I had the I had two turntables, and, and that nice turntable I gave him, I I never took it out the box ever. And I was just like, that's my boy. Let him live. And he gave me the joint, and I've been using it and just doing some cool stuff that I would never do. I would never go in the store and buy it. But right. in terms of answering your question, I buy things when I need it. When I absolutely yeah, need it, definitely. if I don't need it, I don't need yeah. it. But if it's a trade situation, oh, absolutely. I mean, the 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 what is it? SP four hundred four? Is that what you? Yeah, yeah, I would love to trade something I have in there for that because I, I'm interested in it. Not that well, I need it, but so we we did a project and I went out and bought every single Volca. Like nice, like, <laughs> nice. Like I like it was ridiculous because I walked out of Guitar Center like ah, I'm, you know, like this is really awkward. <laughs> Cord vocal boxes. Yeah, because you, know, yeah, you know, like the cord vocal boxes like this, but the actual unit is like this. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, he's your private dancer. Right? So, <laughs> so, I remember, so I remember walking out of there and I'm just like, okay, let me do this project. I'm done. Now I got all these cord vocals and guitar pedals in my house. And I'm like, yo, I don't need this stuff anymore. Um, yeah. I quickly just mm-hmm. put that joint for sale. They sold in like 20 minutes. Right. And, yeah. and the thing is that that's, I think that's a smart way to work, especially if you're a designer. Um, but speaking the producer side of me, there's a lot of pieces that I decide to keep because they become signature sounds in my production. Absolutely. Right. You know, I so I, that I does sound design, uh, bully finger and I talk oh, to him and he like, yeah. when he, <laughs> gets a piece of gear like he uses it for like a project or two and then he sells it like mm-hmm. he has discipline with that yeah i, I no i don't nah <laughs> yeah. end up keeping Can, yeah <laughs> it's uh-huh. like that uh but i ain't got discipline all the time though yeah i don't know if i have discipline all the time like i don't I, mean, so I don't know that i i don't know that i necessarily buy 
gear or come across gear for a particular project. Maybe if I did that kind of thing, I probably would, because then that's it's not that something it's not necessarily something you want and that you desire to use. It's something that has a utilitarian type of it's like a utility at that point. It's not really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel I mean, what I think is what I think is fantastic that Daniel has with MSX is that it's a team of them and there's there's no getting lost into this uh, um, into this hole of like just getting lost into the matrix of just having gear just for the sake of having gear. Like right. they all have like they have they have a goal and intention. They have a vision and they do it yep. together, which is because now someone else is making him accountable mm-hmm. for having that 404. Why do you have that? We're doing this. We're doing that. So, oh, yeah. You better believe so, in our meetings. Right. We constantly. <laughs> yeah. I'm sent and be like, yo, still, why'd you get that? Right. And I'm just, right. like, and I'm just like, because I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Special, <laughs> yeah, because because I wanted to have that look on one. his face too, like like you can't dodge. <laughs> but that's awesome, though. I wish I wish I had like a, a production team where I work with a circle of people that were just as nerdy, and we could like feed off of each other and like, here you use this or I use that, and then you fall in love with that piece, you could keep it, and I keep yours, and like that's so cool. I love that, Stony Stony. You know what's the worst? The fact that since I watch tutorials all day, yeah. now my wife knows what these things do. <laughs> so she's like, no, no, right? no, 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 that's like, a new no, right? piece. <laughs> right. So my wife knows what these things do. So like if I tell her, hey, babe, I want to buy this piece of gear. She's like, hey, don't you have this piece of gear oh, that kind of does that? She's like, she's like, because wow. I, I swear I saw you watching a tutorial on square wow. waves and modulation and how it does it on this. That's funny as hell. And I'm just like, I was like. And she's like, he's like busted. She's like, I know what you're doing. No, but I'm so no, happy but, my wife won't come in here. <laughs> you just made me like because I'm probably a couldn't even find her. Hey, Ken, you probably wouldn't be able to find her in there. She's probably wow. standing next to you behind the keyboard. You don't trust me. I always find my wife. Mm. Oh, sookie now. <laughs> oh, by the way, by the way, real quick, happy Mother's Day, Stoney. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes, happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Thank you. I had to get I, I, before I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Hey, so, yo, uh, let me let me ask you real quick. Just one other side note. That shows just how bad people are. So, how many of y'all use an iPad, like for music? I don't, okay. I don't have one. I, you can send me that one. I don't have one. What I found is that I will get iPad music apps like crazy, and mm. yeah, they might be like three dollars here, twenty dollars there. But mm. dude, the amount that I actually use it far less than everything else. Now, granted, I'm not saying that it's not dope. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying like yeah. the workflow and like I tend to buy way more apps than I actually use. Can I say something, Ken? I've been watching Henny, Henny in the business. I talk about it all the time, but his videos are so dope that I think once you start watching his videos, he gives you like an applicable way of using it with your production. Like the way he puts it. To- no, like, like I, I get what you're saying. And like, there's a lot of like, I have like great workflows for it and all that, but it's just like yeah. a lot of times I like the idea more than the actual implementation. Yeah. Mm. I feel you. I feel you. Like for me, I have to add something tangible to the iPad. Like I use the OP one and the MIDI fighter twister with my iPad. 
because mm-hmm. I, I can't do the whole touchscreen making beats thing all the time. It doesn't right. feel like... Um, so I, had, I love that. I had, to, I had to add like some sort of knob or or button. Yeah. I use this guy, man. The the mini key lab. I use this yeah. guy more than anything with it. Oh, dope. That and I have the Sparkle LA, and and I have to apologize. Like- somebody in the chat was like, "Oh yeah, I see all Arteria stuff in the back." Like, it, it, I don't want it to be like Arteria ad, but yeah, <laughs> that's what I use. <laughs> It is what it is. Bro. Let me guys, let me ask you guys this: how much how much of your production flow is like the vocal keys, like the external gear versus being in the box? For me, most of it is external. Is external. Yeah, I'm mostly yeah. external now. Wow. Um, you know, you, you already know, know, you already know me. Guys? Yeah, yeah. you already yeah. know me. Well, yeah. well, probably, probably not me five percent for me. Well, let me know. so wow. I create a lot of stuff externally. But I do use hella plugins. Like I'm like if I'm making a sound on the base station, then I'll bring that patch in and throw it in Omnisphere so that I can play and further, you know, take it to another level. You know, yeah. So, and a so lot of the times I'll do the is. sound design on external and then but if when I'm actually song creating, then I just use what I've already mm-hmm. created externally. Mm-hmm. And I'll yeah. like cause I actually like working in the box. Like when I'm making songs, yeah. I like working in the box because I'm yep. so fast. It's funny because Joe and I were talking about. Um, we were just talking about it. We were just talking about keyboards and hardware, and he was talking about how fascinating the um the montage was, and I was just saying how when you know I use the Phantom or the Motif, it's just a different feeling. Like I could create an entire song inside the Phantom and sequence it in and do everything in it and just track out. It's just a different feeling than being in the on the in the box. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I feel like how many of y'all actually that. do that? Like, for you, me, do you soft- still do that? Yeah, yeah, for me, the software. I mean, for me, the computer is like a it's, it's a capture tool. It like captures my ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I just for for whatever reason, man, I just like touching and you know interacting with an instrument and yeah. recording the audio into the computer. Like, I don't I don't feel like there's any hardware that could replace the recording aspect for me in terms of yeah. capturing my audio and being able to manipulate it and different things like that. But when it comes to getting my ideas down and the inspiration and interacting with the sound mm-hmm. for me personally, I just like the external stuff. Like, and there's some things that are getting closer in terms of mm-hmm. software. Some of these hybrid things are getting closer, but it's still, there's still a disconnect for me in certain areas. So like things like mm-hmm. external keyboards and sense and, you know, percussion recording percussion all that type of stuff it's just for me it's fun you know it's just it's it's more fun to do that than to you know wait for a patch to load and click on another and wait for something else to load and if we get to the point where it's patches are loading instantaneously then it it may be different but i would need some type of really tightly integrated hardware piece for it to even be um and i love just grab a knob man just right that's that's what i'm saying like that's what i was saying the other day when when um Joe and Stoney and I were talking. It's that thing of yeah. hand-eye coordination, ear. You know what that I mean? Too. Like the thing, yep. your brain is telling your hand to do something with a knob, and then the sound is coming out, and you're hearing it in your ear. It's instant gratification. That's a yeah. satisfying thing. That I need yeah. that. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, well, yeah. also, also the issue that we're not talking about is when you work outside of the box, you are giving yourself more opportunity to process in the box because instead of running VSTs and all this stuff, you're actually creating all this stuff externally. 
and are already committing to a certain sound. Mm-hmm. I know uh, it, it's a it's a commitment issue too. I feel yeah. like I I love bringing in a piece of audio that I have already created outside and then further exploring it. But I think a lot of the the attraction of plugins and VSTs is that you don't have to commit at the moment. Yeah. Um, you you can you can just you know change it later, and mm-hmm. there's pros and cons to it. Obviously, you know the fact that you're 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 you can change a preset whenever, but then your plugin takes up half of your CPU, so you can't really run a session. I'll say for me now. Man. What I now what I no no I'm sorry. What, what I found is the controllers that what what I found plugin the controllers that I found. Uh, sorry. Can you plug in the power switcher? Thanks. This part. There you go. The controllers that I found that don't feel like an instrument, I don't want to use. Yeah. That's why I like the push so much in terms of playing chords and stuff like that. And, um, you know, different, uh, thank you, different plugins that, um, different plugins that feel more like an instrument, I, I kind of geared t- towards that more. But some of these controllers don't give you that intimate, like instrument musician type feeling, and, right. you, and that's when I'm just saying, uh, you know what I'm. I'm not gonna name which ones. I'm not gonna name which ones don't give me that feeling, but <laughs> some of them just there's just no connection there. And you're like, I'm hitting this particular key or this pad, and it just doesn't feel like I'm making music. You know, I, I think a lot of it. A lot of it has to do with, you know how you maybe how you started and, and, and what you're comfortable with and things like that. I know for mm-hmm. me, when I sit, when I sit back and think about it, like if I'm dealing with MIDI 97% of the time, if it's MIDI, I'll never finish it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so you have to commit to that, that audio. Commitment. Did he, did we, did he drop off? It looks like he froze in time. Hey, so yeah, he, he, I know I get yeah. that though. <laughs> oh, there you go. But he was like, oh. he's back. Yeah. He's like <laughs> somebody yo freeze in the background. Yo, like, yo, I dropped off earlier, man. They came out and replaced my um they putting on new electrical meters. So he dude just went in my backyard and did it and all the power in the house went out. So yeah. Oh no. Man. And it just came back on. So that's what happened. But yeah, I, I think for me it's just the audio. Like I came up with audio when I started, I didn't understand MIDI. You know, I wasn't using MIDI, so I was just playing stuff in real time. And so that's what I kind of revert back to a lot of times. And for me, I tend to get more stuff done when I do that. So I use things like, you know, you know, Ableton Live or Machine or, or Studio One, whatever I'm using, I'm capturing audio. I I'm just, what I, I just, you know what I do for that, though, Joe? What I learned early on, like when I first got my first setup of my own, the MIDI thing was just it was a headache. Firstly, just having to learn how it goes. And after after you learn how MIDI goes, this becomes one of those things like riding a bike. It's stuck. It's part of the thing. You know that. But yeah. the thing that I struggled with initially is that, you know, somebody taught me how, OK, you got your micro cork and you got your EMU PK6 and your MPC 2000 XL. When you make your beats, uh, do MIDI dumps from each keyboard on sequence yeah. 99. Oh, right. Right. Oh, that light, but that was, oh, so God, here's, here's the thing. Stuff. You get used to it. You make it, you make, you making me, oh. So, <laughs> so then I would do, so that's the thing, though. That's what I would do. And oh, I would do man. that dump. But then what happened is if you change something and you go back a month later and you played it, then the, the things ain't playing right because the pre, the keyboard that you had on. Oh, yeah. You're talking, you talking about that, the bad time in MIDI. 
Yeah. I mean, it was and I that didn't like that. dump stuff was horrible. So here's the thing. The reason I started working the way I do now and it's the way I work is because of that moment. But what I do is mm. I sample everything. I do not save nothing until I've sampled whatever part I've sequenced. Wow. And that's kind of like committing the 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 you know, committing yeah. to whatever it is. So I sample everything. So then pretty much my whole NPC library is tons of loops from all my sense across Definitely. the years. You yep. know what I mean? And but then now what I I've noticed is that I like the idea of, especially since I've gotten more into modular and doing this mod map thing, I like the idea of that moment in time that you capture and if you don't capture it, you can't get it back. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah, something it, really special about yeah. that. I just, I mean, you know, you know it's it's, funny. I might it's be crazy, funny. but I feel like you don't capture the same feel with MIDI that you do when you're doing audio. Like sometimes it, it may slide a certain way that you play it. And, you know, people will be like, yeah. well, MIDI has all this resolution, blah, blah. I don't know. Man. I'm just saying for me personally, that's how I always feel. And there'll be times where even if I'm using a plugin, I'll commit that to audio. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, and then also you got to think of things like, you know, software updates and OS updates and all this different stuff that can change something. So you could pull up a project later and this plugin no longer works. And so, yeah. I don't know. I just, but audio you know what, for Joe, me is, is. You know what, Joe, that speaks to the conversation we were having this morning about um, me, me, Corey and Joe were having a conversation about um, Outcast and um, Goody Mob and, you know, uh, Fuji's and like, um, yeah why music felt the way that it felt, you know, back then. And I think it speaks to what you're saying about capturing the moment in that era or mm-hmm. that feeling. It's a feeling that they capture that you, no matter what, you always feel it. Even if somebody who wasn't from a generation of a Lauren Hill, when they hear her, the music, they just, they, they love it. They feel it because oh, it feel it. even in the seventies, there's records from the seventies that we weren't around to even know about that, our parents playing. We're like, why does that feel so good? It's the, yeah. they captured that emotion. It's the energy that, that it captures along with the right. music. Like this, it's almost, a, I mean, cause music is spiritual. There's energy with that stuff, man. It's Absolutely. It's, it's, that's what's that's captured. For me, with hmm? for me, I capture, I commit right away. I, right. I just go straight to two track and that's it. Like I'll add samplers that are midied up together, mm-hmm. make the song and it's going straight to two track. What I'll do with software in the box is I'll use I'm on Ableton now, so I use the the Mac stuff to control after the fact. Like I'm on this whole webcam camera control thing. Mm-hmm. So I got a camera pointed in my studio. Whenever I move, it's mapped to control certain things in the samplers. So that's all part serious? of it now. But Stony, Stony, yeah, look, yeah. Stony, like yo, <laughs> <laughs> yo, we gotta talk, bro. Yeah, we have a conversation like, after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's Don't tell me I mean, that. Like, the live, yeah, no, it's the best thing. Like, I didn't, you know, I kind of just didn't bother with anything software for a long, long time. But now, for me, I think Ableton and software like that, that allows you to kind of use it like an instrument. And I think that's what Ableton's trying to come across with their software. So I'm like, for me, I'm, I, I, once the song sounds good yeah. coming out the speakers, that's good enough for me. And I'm, I'm not yeah. mixing up. I'm done with that. Word. Guys, I, I'm notorious for being that producer that I'll, I perform and produce at the same time. So whenever I'm yeah. producing something, I'm making it, but then it's running through the SP I'm doing effects. I got a, I got another yeah. MIDI controller mapping, you know, all these other things. And then I'm, and then all I do is simultaneously record it. Yep. I'm mm-hmm. done. Right. I'll sell yeah. the beat. 
I'll sell the beat, right? And but then I give the all the trackouts of everything with no glitches or anything on it, and I'll give that to the artist. I'm like, here's the here's the beat, so that you can do whatever you want with it. This is my version because I like the way that it feels with all yeah. this stuff on it. And they're just like, uh, you can't track it out with all these effects. I was like, yeah, but it'll take me five years to track out one song. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> plus, um, plus, plus, even even with that, Daniel, like, because uh, my my way of producing is similar, and I never do two takes the same exact time. Exactly, same I way, don't. Never, I don't. Like, that, I, that's anything, the whole you've ever, anything you've ever heard me do is one shot. I don't even have a recording of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people like, will be like, the recording "Yo, recording is what I did live." live. People would be like, yo, can you send me that joint you did on Instagram? And I was like, nah, I'm yeah. a, you're going to have to rip the video from my Instagram because that was live and that's yeah, how live. it was going to so, I do it the same oh, way. You know what, though? I can't live. say that. Here's the thing. When it when I'm capturing, so I have every year I make a playlist and it's, it's called Beats plus the year. So Beats <laughs> yeah. 2017, Beats 2016. It's cool to kind of go back and listen to the beats and kind of see the yeah. progression of things. But um, what I do is I end, I save everything. Even if you hear it on Instagram, it's saved. If it's not saved, something happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but that's me committing the audio, saving the audio, and then saving it to the NPC. But what I've been doing a lot lately, especially with the having the NPC X, because it has the uh, XY effect, is that I'll actually record into Adobe Audition mm-hmm. um, what my performance is on the NPC. Dope. You know what I mean? Because the XYFX, you can't save that, can't record it or something weird you like can't, that. You really? can't like have it like loop back into itself like and just be sampling your, your main outputs or anything? You can't do that? Yeah, you can, you can but I prefer to do it like as if it's a separate tape machine. Like you can, you can uh-huh. resample what you're doing, but yeah, I don't do it that way. Um, yeah, I could easily set the, the thing. To, I could easily set the sample time to five minutes or whatever the case, and then go ahead and go to the resample uh, inputs <clears throat> and go ahead and do the, the glitching and all that. But what I do is I do it in Adobe Audition, like as if it's a separate tape machine, and yeah. I do all these things where whether I'm using the XY effects and I'm tweaking the filter on, say, whatever I'm doing in the modular, I'm tweaking the the electron heat, and then whatever's captured on Adobe Audition, that's what I do. I fade out the end, and that's the track <laughs> you know what I'm I, think, I think if you if you had re resampled it it would actually sound different too yeah i think you're giving it a certain quality when you go outside directly into another platform and then too then it makes the thing quicker mm-hmm. for me because then now i got it in a program it's on the screen i captured that performance of that moment i can yeah. you know i can do whatever i want to normalize or you know master it a little cheap master or whatever i could do any just about anything to it to treat it for that moment and then put it into my my Beats 2017 playlist. <laughs> then yeah. I'm rocking with that. Then what I'll do from those playlists is I'll look up and I'll be like, I think those tracks sound like an album. And then that'll be the next beat project. Like it'll be like, yeah. yo, I'm gonna take yeah. those joints and that's the next beat project. So- yeah, man. I think I think I like to operate that way because of how I grew up listening. Like I listen to dudes like Mad Lib and like Dilla, who's just like, man, we ain't mixing that. You taking it straight off the machine, you know. Mm-hmm. But but I think in in thinking with the way music is produced now, we have much more tools to make our stuff 
you know, uh, sound the way we want it to. And also, since a lot of my beats, I'll sell them, but then I also use it for like licensing. I have to have all the multi-tracks for everything. You know, I have to have all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So with beats that I post, oh, that's always going to be a two-track. I'm never going to like mix anything. Um, just because, well, I'll mix it, but like in while I'm working, but that's a whole nother. It's kind of like that's what, a, what TDS was saying. I'm, I'm kind of yeah. like that. You know what I mean? I, I used to be all weird about, oh, I'll record this now. And then, you know, later I'll have to come back and figure out, but it's like, but if you like what it sounds like today and you know what I mean? If you know your process includes shaping things and mixing things, and if it sounds right out the speaker today, you got to trust your art at some point. And that's kind of yeah. what I've, right. I've come to. Mm-hmm. I mean, but all that, all that speaks to the intention, right? Yeah. So if I do a track and I give it to an artist and the artist writes a song and after I hear the vocals and we, we cut the vocals and create the record, I'm going to go back and make changes because Can't now the vocals on the record, it's a completely different trajectory, right? Mm-hmm. So it yeah. depends on what you're doing if it's a, a a my own project and my own shit and have full control whatever i the final decision i make is all mine but when you're collaborating with other people or musicians or you know it's for someone else's project it's always going to be a change yeah when, when i'm working for of, when i'm working with artists yeah. that are not open-minded and and the reason why uh i i make that clear is because real artists care more about the vibe Yes. And if it, if it feels right and it feels like it works, they're willing to make those compromises on. on, I, I'm, I'm, on, on, on wait, I'm just no, I, I feel you. But I'm just saying it's one of those things where it's a case by case situation, you know, because um, I could always operate that way. Like, yo, here's a two track. Yo, screw whatever you, you feel. But I'm like, no, it's always going to be a case by case situation for me. Because it's it's all about you know every painting is not painted the exact same way. You have to work different ways yeah. to oh, no, paint different absolutely. pictures. Absolutely, I mean I, I believe it's a little bit of both. I, I definitely believe in vibes, and then at the same time, like if it sounds like crap and the vibe is amazing, I don't want to hear crappy great vibe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Well, well, that's well, balance. Yeah, I, I that's do. Balance, said, I do. No, no, wait, 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 wait. See, the whole thing is we have to think about mute vibe. A lot of time has to do with the degradation of the sound. Right. Well, it depends on how you degrade it. <laughs> yeah, of like, some stuff like, is like, trash. And wow, no, this wow, this trashy record would have been great had they taken the time to pay attention to the sonics of it. Like we're still in a business of sonics. Like Yeah, but that that reminds me. So okay. I'll say this first. There's a disclaimer. I'm not by any stretch of imagination calling this trash because it's one of my favorite albums. And I don't and I'm not even mentioning the word trash in the same sentence with it. (laughs) You know, I don't want to sound disrespectful because it truly is one of my favorite groups and one of my favorite albums. But you know. We talked about this before, vibe versus, you know, where's that line where things are kind of falling off? A lot of people, like the Tribe Called Quest record was polarizing because a lot of people loved it and other people was like, did they mix it? You know what I mean? And 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 I think they went more for vibe and I'm sure they put, you know, whatever they had to put into it. I, I think it was a great album, but a lot of people were like, yo, that thing didn't sound like it was mixed at all. But I yeah, but I think it's that you're hearing that from people that live around mixed things all the time. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I'm an audio snob is because I I know how to use 
compressors and EQs. I live with this stuff every day. So like the moment I heard the Kanye West, the Life of Pablo album, I was like, Ew, what's up with this mix? This is weird. <laughs> right? It was right. It just, it just it just made me uncomfortable. But wow. not oh right. It made me uncomfortable on many levels, not just the mix. But <laughs> but but the thing is, I hear my neighbor listen to it and he just loves it. And I'm just like, mm. okay. Maybe it's just me being over analytical of what I'm listening no, to. It's not just you. I think I think we we well, are trained. Wait, we're trained a certain way too. All of us, we can't hear music like anybody else anymore. No, and and I totally understand that. But a lot of times, I have to sit beside myself and be like, you know what? Let me just put myself in that person's shoes that listens to everything on Apple earbuds. <laughs> and right. no, no, seriously, I have to. I always have to be wow. super objective. I have to be objective because, you know, people enjoy the way things feel versus how technically they're created. Mm -hmm. That's why you can go to another country and eat, you know, whatever street food from another country. And it's amazing because it tastes great. But mm -hmm. look at where they're cooking it in a shack in an alley. And it's not necessarily created in a way that's on our standards, but it's hitting us emotionally the way that it's supposed to. I would and I think, well, as long as it don't mess your way. stomach up, as long as you're not throwing <laughs> up after you no, ate man. it and it tastes so good. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you know, again, it's but again, again, it's, it's, after effect. Again, it's, like, it's okay. a case by case situation. Right. Like, OK, you went to another country, you had some some of that weird looking chicken and it tastes amazing. <laughs> I don't mind eating the weird looking chicken. It tastes amazing. But if in another hour I have to get my stomach pumped, that's that's not going to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, well, OK, here's what I'll tell you. I think that's why, I'm, that's why you drink the bourbon with it. <laughs> guys, I think I think that's one of the things about me personally. I'm one of those dudes that are will for the sake of feeling I'm willing to take certain risks. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm I'm one of those dudes that when it comes to even music, you know, with music, I'm willing to put my pride down just to experience something. Because if it hits me emotional in a way and I can feel and I can connect with yes. another human being in a certain way, I am totally willing to go there, um, even if it's not produced in conditions that that are to my personal standard. But I think there's a certain amount of humility in music. And that's why a lot of dudes aren't making life-changing music anymore because right. dudes aren't humble. Everybody's walking around like, yo, my way is the right way. Instead of being open to, to hear something that's never been created before, everybody's just copying each other. That's it. You know? Nobody, How about this? They, they, is, they even copying, copying the gear too. Like yeah. they're not even picking things that they like. They just picking it because they seen you or me or Joe with it on his table. And they're like, oh, he has that on his table. I just want it because he has it on the table. They're not yeah, even- Yeah, dudes have bought machines just because care. they saw it in my video. And then they hit me up like, yo, how do I use this? And I'm like, bro, why did you buy it? At least it you. And I could have yeah. told you like, you know what? Machine might not work for you because, you know, you just don't have good, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the case is. But again, it's, it's that whole, you know, everybody wants to clone the success but doesn't want to clone the process. You know, and 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 conversation. what you said about vibe is something that I think what's happening in this new, where everyone's online with this new beat community. It's something that people don't speak about. And there's such a dependency and a dialogue about gear. 
that yeah. vibe is something maybe it's hard to speak about, but the biggest thing you can do is learn how to translate that because that's what makes the music. It's the same, mm-hmm. like the whole audio snob thing. Like for me in the 90s, coming off of Pete Rock, when you know he was sonically, he was doing things that were like cutting edge. Mm-hmm. And then this Method Man album comes out, the the from the Method Man 12 inch. And I was like, this is the worst thing ever. And people were telling me, like, yo, this album, this 12 inch is crazy. And I couldn't accept it <laughs> because I was being a snob. Mm-hmm. When I heard it on the in the club, the vibe hit me. And I was like, oh no, mm-hmm. this is the best thing ever. And that changed because I I didn't let myself catch the vibe. I was too busy being an audio snob mm-hmm. that I didn't mm-hmm. really get to me with when I got it. And look where the album is now. So I say that to say is like you have to. You have to be open to that or at least not let, uh, I don't know, your, your preferences block you from new music because there's tons of music right now that people just won't accept because technically it's not to a certain standard. Well, you yeah, know man. what also Daydream? You know what, you know what Daydream? Uh, here's the sad part. I've really, <laughs> I've met a lot of cats that are making beats that have all this equipment that don't even understand music and don't even love music. They just oh, love man. the idea of having gear and hitting pads and saying, hey, that's I make beats. Yep. But that's the thing. They don't even love music, which is just like, do yeah. you know, do you know, Miles Davis is, do you know who this person is? Are you studying music? They don't know yeah. what I'm talking about. And I'm just like, what? How are you making music? And you don't know who these people are like. Stone, Stonia, just, it, uh, it, what What's really cool is that what really helped me to connect as a as a producer is not even gear it's me playing drums and playing keys because i i would always have to emotionally manipulate a person by the notes that i'm playing like if i want to make if i want to make you feel angry i'm going to hit the crash cymbal a certain way and i'm going to hit the drums a certain way with a certain articulation and if i want to make you doing them that's how you doing them and if i want to make you feel, <laughs> if i want to make you feel horror i'll play everything in dissonance, you know, and if I want to make you feel a certain way. So for me, the basic, not again, that's another topic. The basic knowledge of music teaches you how to manipulate emotions so that people can feel things in your music. Of course. Um, Which you can do. You you can learn these things, you know, with gear, with like machine. If you learn all the chord scales and you know that all the minor scales make you feel a certain way, Mm-hmm. Well, what you're, Yo, saying, what you're, what you're saying, you know, what you're saying and what I always tell everybody is it doesn't start with the gear. No, it starts yeah. with you. It starts with the heart. It starts with your ears. It starts yeah. with the emotion, your feelings and you use the gear. The gear is a tool. It's not what makes it happen. You make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm just super passionate too, about all this stuff, and I'm getting angry just that, talking about mad stuff. <laughs> don't get mad, D. Don't get mad. Is, though, you gotta to, to to really emote in your music and make music with vibes. You gotta be okay with you and know you and know that you yeah. ain't trying to do what everybody else is trying. To do. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, right. and as a as a young artist, it's typical for people to struggle with that. But hopefully as you get older and get to know yourself and kind of grow into what you're doing, I mean, that goes back to that whole 10,000 hour thing that people mm. talk about, right? That part of that process is coming into your own. <laughs> you Definitely. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Hey, hey, Corey, oh, I know you know, we're forgetting... Oh, oh, no, go ahead. Sonny. No, no, uh, go ahead. no, no, go so, ahead. It's okay. So fluency in a language helps us communicate better. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I always tell people is 
and I hate, you know, I'm sorry to do this, Corey, but I got to plug another show. We got this Learn Your Gear show. Oh, yeah, no, and, that's fair. You know, you know but, no, no, but I'm just saying it's one of those things where <laughs> if you have a piece of gear and you read the manual and now you know everything about this gear, now you can communicate in a highly intelligible way with this piece of gear. Mm-hmm. The problem is a lot of people buy a lot of gear and learn 1% of each of the pieces Mm. of gear they have. So they cannot create emotional music because they can't communicate. Mm -hmm. They can only communicate. But let me piggyback off of that. Let me piggyback off of that. It goes back to what we were saying, you know, plug, plug, learn your gear, that if you, and, and I said it on the show, I said, look, you have to find what speaks to you. Yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? A man daydream there, he uses SP-1200s, EPSs, and ASR-10s. He uses vintage gear, and he gets his ideas out. You might use an SP-404. I use push-up machine, and, you know, Corey uses, you know, his mod sense, his mod BAP, and his MPCX, and those are tools that speak to us when i when i use push and i have it in my backpack i feel away when it's in my backpack yeah. i feel like yo i i, I, I feel good I about myself weapon. like <laughs> i'm doing my thing i'm i feel like i'm that's like buying a new whip you bought your bmw you feel away you sitting in your whip you like you see me mm-hmm. that's how you should feel like you should have a connection like it's your instrument mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah but we're all, that, again that's it right there we have a connection to our instrument the problem yes with the with with the industry is <laughs> yes. that they make you lust after things and lose connections with yes, things. That absolutely. absolutely. So no one will ever be able to communicate emotionally the way that they, they to the highest level if they don't commit to something. And the other thing so is patience, for, right? Like take your yeah. time. Like, what's well, the patience, rush, is something, patience is something that's not marketed. What's right. marketing? Right. right, it's not sexy to be patient. Not right. sexy. Right. It doesn't make money. Right, right. It's, it's, not, exactly. it's not sexy, right? Yo, I think we're gonna have to do a whole nother show about the philosophy behind producing yeah, music, yo. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> have to get that proper, y'all. So hey, one, yo, D, one thing me and you gotta about. just do a whole panel. Just one thing I wanted to <laughs> four hours. Ask, uh, TDS about <laughs> TDS. You use the Octa track, right? Yeah. And that is that one of your your favorite pieces? I think. Oh, I know where Corey's going. <laughs> yeah, in, in my assessment, it's the best sampler that I've that I seen in the past decade. Dope. Oh wow! Wow! Bold. Wow! That's wow! So yeah. okay, so the reason I brought up this, and this is probably why D say I know where he's going, is because we would. Yeah, because I know where you're going. We've been talking <laughs> about the Digitac, and yeah. you know, people are saying the Digitac is you know us, you know some sort of cut down version of, or, you know, light version of Octatrack with, yeah. with, uh, you know, drum machine in it. Like what's your thoughts on the Digitrack? D- the Digitrack, I like if it. you checked it out at all. I like, I, I like it a lot. If I didn't have an Octatrack, I would, I, w- I, I generally don't like samplers that come with any sound. I, I, I just don't want anything in there. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, I see it as a, as a drum machine, but, um, if I didn't have a sampler, if I didn't have the Octatrack, um, I, I, I'm definitely not opposed to the Digitac. What I do see what they're doing with this, um, I, I, I see something coming. I don't see the Digitac as the end of their sampler line. Yeah, so I yeah, see something right. bigger coming for sure. Mm-hmm. You hear that, Ken? 
Dude, all I said, guys, <laughs> this was well. This was during the week. We all talked to each other. All I said was that there was nothing about it that actually excited me. Okay, and Overbridge no, doesn't I'm do just, it for I'm me. Just pick it all you can. I'm just nothing about it got me. Got me hype. Nothing. You Not already know. You already. You hype. already know. Don't even. Yeah. And in fact, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say it one more time just to ruffle feathers because that's, that's my role. Um, (laughs) So let me just say this. Electron's been making money hand over fist on their, their past lines because they should be because they're awesome products. And I fully, like I had the rhythm. I, I thought it was really dope. I only sold it because I didn't need it at that time. And I had other stuff that was doing what I wanted, but I like their stuff. Here's the thing. I just feel like their their hardware design they they should have the cash ready to really invest in upping their hardware design far further than what where I think it, that it currently is. I could really really like to see them be on like a playing field with like an Akai product, you know, and, and those uh-huh. sorts of things. Like I I'll could see them really kicking ass if they really like put their back into it and did a flagship product like that. And I'm just this product to me, like I was waiting for them to, you know, replace the machine drum and the Octa track because they're both so old and, and you know, long in the tooth at this point. I really, and, and that's not to say that they're bad. I'm just saying that like, I'm, you know, as product cycles go, I'm ready for them to to really kick a, a flagship product out there yeah. along those lines. And this was I, definitely I think, not that. And Ken, I'm, I think they I'm have chomping the at the bit for them to do something that's both aesthetically pleasing. And when I touch it, doesn't feel like a DIY box, which, to be frank, Rhythm is like their best feeling box in a while. But it still feels very DIY to me. Like it still has that that chunky aesthetic of DIY, which I love DIY, but you know, at those price points and, and the stuff that they're doing, I really want to see them reinvest in R and D and make a hardware product that's sleek and sexy and is physically as sleek as their software design and, and their sequencing and all that is, you know what I mean? Like I want yeah, the outside to reflect the inside. I don't think that's, that's I don't think that's their their I don't care. Like I don't think I don't that's care. like that's like saying that's like saying that's like saying Hummer should look like a BMW. Like that's, that's real talk. You know how I feel about that's their design aesthetic. Yeah, it's, that's yeah, exactly. That's like it, listen. We're not talking about positive track think, on a Plymouth. <laughs> we're talking about studio gear. No, nah, I'm just saying. I, I think they go for a certain look that's exactly with their it. stuff, and I don't think it that look does. is going to change. That's just what. I, it can goes. I say something? I mean, I, I'm gonna say something. I don't own either one of those pieces, but. If they changed the aesthetic of the unit or they made it like an Akai piece, like you're saying, Ken, then they wouldn't be Octatrack or they no, that's be what I'm saying is I keep mean, keep their keep their style of workflow and everything, but improve or like there's yeah, also but I think the people I think the people that are using it kind of like it. If they didn't, right. they wouldn't be doing that, well. That's how I feel about it. I like no, it. No, people no kind of like that, that little that DIY, they like no. that stuff. Well, no, here's what I'm telling you. It doesn't feel like DIY. It's just a square. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like DIY to me. Now, Corey, Ken, check this out. I think that um, Electron are the people that can probably make a freaking ASR 10 kind of thing 
on steroids. Just looking at the, the stuff that they've put out already, the yeah. samplers, if they put out like a keyboard with the screen and stuff from Digitech with the outputs that have analog heat, oh my God, I'm already just like loving this idea. You know, but, <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at though, Steel, is that I just see like so much more potential for yeah. what they do. You know what I mean? For what they do. Yeah, and, and yeah, listen, you. they very likely could have that already in the pipeline, already coming, but I'm just saying, as of right here, right now, I'm like, it, it just didn't, it, it didn't impress me in the slightest. And I feel like Digitac, I feel like the Digitac and Analog Heat are just glimpses of what's to come. Of, that's right. Of, of, of whatever the big mama that's going to that, drop. That's the way I look at it. I personally look at, I think that thing is awesome. I personally look at Digitac the way MPC Touch was. Because the real idea is the like MPC a proof of Touch. Yeah, it was proof of concept for what was to come with 2.0 and the X and the Live. Interesting. Right? Interesting. That's kind of the way I see Digitac. And I don't know that to be true at all, but I do kind of think, you know, they have a way of doing things that, like, you know, they have all their black boxes, all their analog boxes. Now they got the heat. That was a totally different, you know, thing for them. Then they used the heat form factor for the Digitac and discontinued other stuff. So I just kind of think that they're building mm. up to something like TDS said. Listen, a lot of companies do, most most companies do this. Look at Machine yeah. Jam. When that joint came out, people were like, what's that? Yeah. Because people they're still trying, people still are not really. But they, but you have to understand, Native Instruments is like you know what? Let's put this out there because it lets us see. Let's see how people work with this because potentially in the future we might do something crazy, mm-hmm. you know. But let's no because they no because it it wasn't like it didn't go up. It just stayed like this. It it kind of stayed right. Yeah, but it's a different it way of interfacing. Like, it wasn't it like, made me so angry. I'm gonna refuse to speak on the situation. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know, I know how you feel about it. I'm just saying, uh, as far as form factor, this is something that they're trying because it might represent something that they want to do. You know, I, I'm not I saying I, no, let me ask you guys this, hey, Corey. Let me ask you this: somebody like myself who doesn't have any of the Digitac and Octi, whatever stuff you guys are talking about, <laughs> it's like Octi, Octi Tac, You know, um, which piece do they have that you recommend to someone like me? None. I would, I would go rhythm. What rhythm? I wouldn't. Really? Rhythm is dope. Like the only reason why I got rid of it is JK said no. Why no, Jay? Because I know, because I know your workflow. Right. I don't it's know, man. I think oh, I'm, I'm being. She would not like their. She would not like their interface. She would not like their menu. Yeah, I'm not saying she, I'm not, and not, not to be confused with the fact that she could figure it out with no problem. No, no, that. But no, Tony's about vibe, man. And no, don't no. Joe, Joe knows I like all the weird stuff. That's why yeah. Joe never says no to anything about me. He's like, nah, you just weird, dog. Oh yeah, you I know. Yeah. Weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me Definitely. let me just say this. I'll probably get you know, no, another no, rhythm. No, at Joe some knows point. you're the private dancer, so he knows not to <laughs> get involved. There's some other shit with you. But you know, I was gonna say, I was gonna say we're leaving that I alone. <laughs> I don't know much just yet, obviously, because it's not out about the Digitac, but I kind of feel like that's a, a I feel like that's the electron gateway drug. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. speak on that. I can't speak on that one. So I'm just talking about the stuff that's already out. Yeah, I can see it as a great piece to get more to get more people to buy. But at the same time, I just feel like, dude, they've been making a killing with with these octatracks and with the rhythm and the analog four, like all that stuff sold real well. And I'm just like, 
please reinvest that money in something in, in a new flagship that's like really going to blow my, now, my mind. Now, Ken, Ken let me ask that, you this. Let, let me ask you this, Ken. If you if you didn't have so much experience and so much so many options and have a plethora of choices. To understand someone mm-hmm. who had has never had anything, could they take an octa? What is it? Octi, Octatrack. The Octatrack is kind of crazy. Can they take something like that? Someone who knows nothing, take it and just love working with it? No. No. Let me just say one thing. The the one thing about the person that you're describing that that person has going for them is that they don't have any preconceived notions. So they might be able to pick it up in in a different way. But somebody who's used to an NPC and then goes to it, it's going to break their brain. Definitely. No. So I'll tell you this. I have a specific example. Um, Like I said, my homeboy uh, trust is what we, you know, we, came up in the 90s we've known each other since we were 10 um his name is trust uh he taught me how to use an npc back in the 90s he was my dj and producer for the the group that we were in and you know for years he hasn't really done music production now he's getting back into you know a place where he wants to do music production and so he has his eye on a couple things um a couple cents he has his eye on on the x he got his eye on the live he got his eye on the digitech so he's <laughs> he's right in the groove with everybody right now about the stuff that we want to use and he pre-ordered the digitech and honestly, I had to say, I was like, you know, bro, you've been away from music long enough that I think that's probably a smart choice because you're interested in what Electron does. He likes that they have a different take on things, but he's been away from the NPC long enough that I don't think it'll really cloud. You know what I mean? It's like a new person right. going into that kind of thing, I think is a good scenario. Um, Definitely. But if yeah. you come from like machine or, or MPC or whatever else, and you go to exactly. that, you just got to be prepared that there's a learning curve and mm-hmm. you got to kind of commit to it in order to really know that. Because because y'all remember uh, Joe and Ken probably remember when I bought the rhythm, that was my first piece by them. So I bought the rhythm and I used yeah. it for a couple months. And then I said, I don't want this thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I was going to return it. And they was like, bro, you can't return it after 60 days. <laughs> and so it was like, well, you know what? Because you're a good customer, Sweetwater, they're like, you're a good customer. You can return it for store credit. And then I was like, I'll hold on to it. But then I committed to it. At that moment, I committed to it. And I learned Listen, it. And, Corey, and it's one of my Corey. favorite pieces. Corey. Let me ask you something. Do you think it's the, the same the, thing? Wait, with hold on, don't cut me off. Yo, hold on, don't cut me off. Yo. Don't cut me. Listen, I have found the rhythm to be one of the dopest drum design tools. Yep. It is. Ever. Yep. Ever. Like, like when, when you think of like, yo, something that has everything you need, it has synthesis and mm-hmm. samples and distortion and craziness. Yep. I'm like. Don't sleep on that joint. No, you can't. Like that sleep. joint is like, it, oh man! And if you're a drum designer, you need one of those in your arsenal. You do. <laughs> Yo, I, lo- I love the sounds that's coming out of the rhythm. Don't get me wrong, like, so like it, interface it, and and like the little what all the don't little you like about it, Joe. All the little instruments they got and the little what they call them engines and all that stuff yeah. in there is dope, man. But it's like Joe don't like the way know. he don't like the menu. He don't like the screen. No, like the no, no. No, it's too it's too it's too much menu diving. The the screen is too small. It's too many. No, no. Oh wow! Give me a bigger screen. That's why I kept the tempest over the rhythm. 
Yeah, it's just it, or more knobs or something, man. But don't get like their stuff is dope. Like I had a, I had the analog four. I loved it. Sound incredible. But it, I just I'm like, it, it, it it's that vibe. It's that feel. It's that connection. It's that thing. It didn't speak the sound I liked, but it was like the interaction of it. I was like. Well, see, and that, that's the thing, Joe. Oh, but is this what? is this sort of like is this sort of like that feeling when you come from using the machine uh, Mark II and then they give you a jam and you're like, what? Yeah, yeah, yep. Okay, it's like that. It's like it's like <laughs> ah, it is like that. It's like that's like ah, it's like you see what you're trying to do. Like I see what you're trying to do. Micro. I like I see what you're trying to do, but. Yeah. It's like using a machine micro with that one knob. You got to just shift everything. It's like what? Okay, got Get it. I got you. But and the thing you know, is, it, like Jim says, it sounds incredible. Like exactly. I actually liked well, how definitely. it sounded more than how I like <laughs> how the Tempest sounded. But because the Tempest had a better workflow, I ended up keeping the Tempest. Process. Right. Yep. And and the Tempest drives me insane. Yep. <laughs> And I know what you're saying, D, about the micro. If, if, I mean, I have one. I rarely ever use it because it's just like, no, yo, I, don't, I don't even, I don't even, listen, I don't even touch that joint. That joint is brand new somewhere in a closet. In the back. I got two of them and they both, they're yo, both paperweights. Yo, l- listen, listen, let me tell you something. Dude. Damn. But I've seen, but I've seen dudes <laughs> that that's the first machine that they got. Boom. Yep. That's the difference. Right. And. And yep. they're just like, yo, I do they're everything on this them. machine, my yep. And they're amazing. Exactly. My homie, my homie Tone Jones uses the the machine micro and he's one of the dopest producers I've ever heard, but he does it all on the machine micro. And I'm like, yo, how you do that? Like how you, like, cause that's like, what he knows. That's like, what he knows. Your fingers don't hurt. He got, he, like, your, your fingers don't just curl up like this on the machine micro. Like, like I got, get I got out of here. Oh, look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> don't sing the song. Private dancer. Yep. The, the, the MK2 is the truth. The MK2 is the truth, though. I still think that's the best one that they made. The studio is nice, but the MK2 is... The is, MK2 is the best. Yeah. yeah, I feel the same way. Yep. Yeah, I love my MK2, but my screen you, you, is... Do you like up. the jam? You like the jam? I do like the jam. But again, remember, like I think it? about... I love performing with it. Mm-hmm. Wow, which remember, that's, that's what it's for. Remember, I'm I'm the thinking I, when I whenever I produce music, the the two thoughts go in my head. I'm can I perform what I'm making right now? And performing with, with no knobs. No, I use the I use the uh, what do you call it? Uh, right, right. Midi twister. Right, so you have to bring other pieces yeah. in it to in order for the jam well, because, to be really. Because I yeah, because it works better for me, especially with all the macros. I'm not feeling the whole up down movement. I'm more of a knob, right. here, you know. Yeah. But again, if a kid just gets machine jam and machine for yeah, the first time, that becomes his first experience with the software. Absolutely. And then he might Absolutely. go back and look at the MK2 like, yo, what is this sixteen pads <laughs> when I got sixty four? Right. You know, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's all about nostalgia and what works for yeah. you. And what's your introduction to production? And that's what's going to set the tone for the rest of your life with production. It truly oh, is. Definitely. It truly that's is. Fortunately, fortunately, I think each and every person here, we've all grown up in that mid-period of hardware and software. So we, we were able to become very fluent in both. Mm-hmm. You know, so right. we have a different learning curve. Um, uh, now it's just like, now nah, if it... 
No, no, no. I'm just rambling because I'm upset about a lot of things <laughs> in my life. So, all right, we're going to use that as that's the point. We, that's it. Daniel's tired. Will you get these still riled up and upset? That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, he still is pissed. Hey, we, close the show. We I, I need some St. Joe barbecue right now. <laughs> oh, don't say that, man. We're about an hour. Don't say that. And 40 Joe got the smoke barbecue over there, man. <laughs> so, yo. I want to say thanks to everybody for coming by. TDS, man, thanks for coming by and uh, yes. chatting it up with us. You're welcome anytime, man. Yes, um, indeed. Next time you come yes, on, man. I definitely want to dive into more of your um, some of your favorite things that some of your your vintage uh, drum machines and samplers do. Um, cool. So, yeah. Uh, I, everybody, peace out. Peace. Hey. Yo, go follow me, stonysworld.com. Holler at the kid, please. <laughs> hey, D-Steel, I just do weird stuff on Instagram. Wheezy! <laughs> follow <laughs> the kid. Oh, Stoney's a- music, cute. He's uh, <laughs> to sleep upstairs. <laughs>